Yeah, go get ready. Come on. Go get your shoes. Come on. Go put your vest on. Come on. Come on. As a matter of fact, go get all your stuff. Come on! That's right. What you saying? This ain't worked out. You better go get your head and come on! And here's the reason He saw me up there all alone So for my sin he did atone He purchased me, I'm not my own I want to please him That's right, get your stuff, pack your bags, put your shoes on Come on and travel with us today As we move up on Faith Street Hello everyone Once again, I want to welcome you to our new radio program, which is titled On Faith Street with Derek Steele. And I am your host, Derek Steele. We just want to thank our sponsors, the Dream Foundation and Mr. Michael Dobson, uh, Dr. Joe Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute, Pastor Avery McKnight and Powerhouse Church of God uh, by Faith, uh, Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Signs, Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse Church of God in Christ, uh, Ms. Gail Milan, uh, Mr. Charlie Elder of uh, Ray Gordon's Break Service, and Pastor Ivy Williams and the Redeemed Church. And we have an exciting program for you today. I want you to just put your seatbelt on and roll with us uh, as we welcome a very special guest to the program today. We want to welcome my very own pastor, uh, Reverend Dr. Richard Ledford, founder and pastor of Restoration Place Church here in Tallahassee. And uh, you need to sit back and, and get, your, get your thinking cap on and, and open your heart and let the Word of God minister to you as we uh, just, just have some wonderful quality time with my pastor. Thank you, Derek. That's quite an uh, introduction there, brother. <laughs> Didn't expect all of that, but congratulations on your new radio program, Faith Street with Derek Steele. I know that it's going to be a blessing to a lot of people in the community because everywhere you go, you've just got a light about you, a life about you, an encouragement about you. Doesn't matter whether it's at church on Sunday, at Publix during the week, um, in the outreach ministries that you run and at the jail, uh, Lake Ella, other items. It's just a privilege and honor to be able to be affiliated with you. And I'm honored that you call me your pastor. And I'm honored that you are a pastor on my staff. <laughs> we got a lot to do for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. It has been such a joy to get to know you, to work with you, to learn from you, to sit under your ministry and to just see God operate through you. And uh, I said to myself, well, my fir- very first guest has got to be my mentor, my pastor, uh, my father in the spirit. And uh, and I just appreciate all that you do and all that you've done for me and my family and for this community. And uh, we're just having a good time. Well, it's amazing. You know, I was, I was almost in tears Sunday watching your son Chris come out and be one of the worship leaders in our Throwback Sunday, which yeah. Chris Chris is a 
uh, sings on the praise and worship team all the time. But, you know, to see him take kind of a lead role there and lead one of the songs. And as I was looking, you and Louise were sitting right there, uh, you know, off to the left of the platform. And I could see your faces. And I know that that was an honor for you. It's hard to believe because Chris was just a baby uh, when we first met. And now our kids, you know, are in ministry and growing up and doing the same work that we did for the, you know, for the last 30 years. Amen. It, it was such a joy to see him. He did not let us know what was going on. I guess my wife knew because she's in the choir, but I had no idea he was going to be leading a song. It was it was an excellent, uh, excellent worship uh, service, and, and they did a very it wonderful job. It was fun going job. back to some yeah. of the 80s and 90s and yeah. things that we used to do in church that we don't do anymore, but, you know, it's all good. I want to thank you, though, because last year you helped us reach one of our main goals. Uh, one of our main priorities last year was to see at least a thousand souls saved, and because of outreach ministry and prison ministry, uh, doing everything that you do and pitching in there, we were able to actually reach 1,107 or 1,170, 1,170 salvations last year. That and, is so uh, awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Our goal for this year of 1,200, uh, I need you to get busy. I need you, <laughs> especially your outreach team members. Amen. Uh, Amen. We're, we're, we're a little behind schedule, but we will make it. God, God is good. So I'm excited to see where we end up at the end of this year. Absolutely. And that kind of leads us into what, what we wanted to talk about. Uh, our first topic I wanted to just uh, uh, put forth towards you and, and just get a, a feel of where you are and what's going on with you. I just want to know what my pastor's heart and passion is. Let this community know what's driving you and, and what's pushing you right now as you know, a minister at your stage in the that, game. That's a great question, Derek. Um, over the years, I think the maturation process has done quite a work on me. I know as a young man, when I first, younger man, when I first came here, uh, 2001, my priorities at that time were to try to build the kingdom, advance as much as we possibly could, which meant numeric growth as well as financial growth and progress. Uh, but basically the, the focus was on souls, you know, mm -hmm. getting people mm -hmm. in church mm -hmm. that were unchurched. Mm -hmm. Over the last seven or eight years of my life, though, and ministry, that that's it's still important. Don't get me wrong; it's still important. But that's kind of taken a backseat to more of training up solid leaders mm -hmm. uh, that the church will be in a better state in a few years. When you know, not anytime soon, but in a few years, when I get ready to retire, that you know, I could or at least partially retire. I'm never going to really quit preaching on that. That'll never happen. <laughs> but I've, I've put more focus on developing leaders and trying to develop more quality of leadership within the church. You know, this year we're getting ready coming up in just a month or so for our first graduation of our first class right. of Restoration School of Leadership and Ministry. For 20-some years, I was the president and co-founder of Covenant Bible College and Seminary with my father-in-law, Dr. Bill Morris. And Dr. Morris's health issues uh, prompted he and his wife, Debbie, to make some decisions that they actually transferred the ownership of the school, Covenant Bible College and Seminary, to another minister who had a good uh, network developed, ready for mm -hmm. pastors mm -hmm. to start 
churches in their church or, or schools in right, their church right. at different mm-hmm. locations. And so I'd been holding in my hand for about 12 years, uh, wanting to see what God wanted me to do with it, an entire Bible college mm-hmm. um, that that has been put together that is, you know, uh, it's over 1,400 hours worth of teaching and training, mm-hmm. uh, 75 total courses. Uh, I'm working right now on getting accreditation for that, just as we did with Covenant mm-hmm. Bible College and Seminary. But I'm, uh, I, I'm just excited because for this first class, I didn't know what to expect, and it was going to kind of be a beta test. This is just a one-year program. This is not a four-year program. It's specialized for leadership and ministry. And so I had 65 people that we started with back in March, and we actually have right at 60 that have stuck with it and will be graduating coming November the 3rd in our 9 a.m. service, one whom is your wife, Louise, (laughs) who I've I've been very proud of. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really see a need in this day and time. We've got, a, we've got a lot of good aspects and concepts uh, that are populating the church in different ways, but what I don't see is any real push to try to develop young leaders. Right, and, and that's right. the key. If we don't raise up young leaders, the age of your sons and your son and my sons, then where's the church going to be when we get ready to hand the baton off to them? Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's really where my passion is right now, preaching on Sunday and then working to develop leadership and ministry areas uh, the rest of the week. Well, you have always had a very strong uh, youth ministry, and you've yeah, always uh, embraced the youth in a mighty way. And and the parents look on and they say, wow, that's wonderful. And then they engage themselves in the work of the church and Absolutely. in the service of the church. And, and as a byproduct, you get a healthy church because the kids are growing and the parents are happy and they're growing as well. Well, that statement you just made, healthy church, mm-hmm. is one that the Lord – and let me – it's kind of hilarious that you brought that up. Actually, uh, through my sons Amen. and their interaction because – I, I don't travel as much as I used to when I was younger. Mm. Uh, just I'm I'm fine being at home and preaching and you know going home and sitting in my recliner mm. in my man cave and I'm happy with that. But <laughs> you know my sons have gotten out and gone to a lot of conferences, right. rub shoulders with a lot of different churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Andy Stanley, mm-hmm. um, Elevation Church over in North Carolina. Uh, as far as Seaside, or I believe a Seaside uh, is another one. Uh, just a lot of different churches, uh, some of them affiliated with what is called the ARC, the Association mm-hmm. of Related Churches, who I know all of the uh, leadership of that ARC and mm-hmm. I grew up mm-hmm. together. We all came out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chris Hodges, mm-hmm. uh, who's now over in Alabama, uh, as well as Rick and Randy Bazette right. and mm-hmm. the Hornsby family. Mm-hmm. Th- those were people that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And so when you make that statement, my son's in traveling to a lot of conferences. This has probably been about five or six years ago. They they were having a conversation with me, and they said, Dad, you know, do you feel like our church is a healthy church? And I said, what do you mean it's a healthy church? Yeah, I mean, we're growing. We're seeing people born again. They said, no, a healthy church. And I said, what do you mean? Okay, you, you're going to have to explain this to me. This is a new concept mm-hmm. to me. What do you mean by healthy church? And they were talking about from the ground up. You know, right. is everything synergistic mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. your nurseries, your children's ministry, your youth ministry, your young adult ministry, and then the congregational ministry? Mm-hmm. And so I really began to step back and take a look at that. And we've worked very hard. Uh, to get everyone on the same page at Restoration Place because our ultimate goal is is to be able to have a family come to our church and if they have young children that are in the nursery, 
They then will matriculate into the children's ministry and then matriculate into the youth ministry and then the young adult ministry and then into the fullness of the congregation. And so we want them active. And so we're really trying, we have really focused the last five, six years on doing that. And I'm real happy with where we're at with it. It's making a lot of difference. Amen. And as you mentioned, your kids, uh, just watching young Caden grow up and become the kind of pastor that he is today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, the kind of him, preacher that he is. Don't give him too much and, credit. He wants my job already. So. <laughs> well, it, it, it's interesting to see all of these kids you have Ben Copeland there with you now. And uh, oh, we, we watched we, we yeah, watch these were kids five, grow six up years old. from little bitty kids. And yeah. now and now they're on staff. They're on staff and they're, they're, Leaders. they're very serious about what they're doing and they're very uh, efficient about what they're doing. Yes, they are. And, and they're a little immature, which is cool too because it helps us stay a little you know, bring out the kid in, in us, you know, and, and keep us young. I think the thing that hurts the most, though, is watching a lot of those that grew up. Now they're going off to college yeah, and not yeah. staying here in Tallahassee. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I dedicated <laughs> them. I've watched them go through, you know, all of the stages of, of youth and young adult. And now they're off at college, you know, in another part of the country. So that's good. But, you know. God's God's grace and mercy is good all the time. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, I, I've just been amazed at uh, the way you put things together, the anointing that's on you. Uh, and, and I know something about anointing because I'm a preacher, Amen. I'm a pastor. The anointing amazes us. The anointing amazes yes, us. We don't know what we're going to preach when we preach. We know what we prepared, <laughs> but we have no idea that God's going to send in a little word of wisdom that could be captioned as a powerful statement that you ne- had no idea you were going to bring. And, and I think that happens to you. You you get out there. You well, step you out too. in the water. I mean, yeah. you step out in the water. We just let God use us as a vessel. It's not do what God has called you to do. Yeah. And amazing things happen. Well, you know, every time I step up to the platform, there's two things that I do every Sunday morning and any time I'm preaching before I before I will go to the rostrum and uh, open up and begin to share. Uh, I just privately pray, you know, mm-hmm. creating me a clean heart, renew mm-hmm. a right spirit within mm-hmm. me, Lord. And Father, take a coal from off of the altar, place it upon my lips. Don't let Richard Come on. talk Come on. today. Come on. Let the Holy Spirit flow through yes, me. Sir. Just use me as a vessel. Yes, sir. You know, and that, that's a that's a big that's a big thing because, you know, for years I I, I preached basically what I like to call a a fresh word, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, spontaneity, spont you know, spontaneous on Sunday morning. A lot of times I would just wait till I got to the church on Sunday morning, open my Bible, and see where God would lead me for a word for that morning. Well, the last several years now, I've, I've started doing a lot more planning. Yeah. I used to think, you know, if, if you planned your sermons a month in advance, well, where's the Holy Ghost? Where's mm-hmm. the anointing? You know, you need to be able to let God come to you right then on the moment. <laughs> he could change and, things. <laughs> you know, yeah, God began to show me, you know what, you can study and plan mm-hmm. and just like you always do, but go ahead and plan out in advance. Let the, let the Holy Spirit give you some guidance for what you want for the next month, two months, three months, four months down the road, and go ahead and start putting stuff together, but always Always leave yourself open that if I have some, if there's a, a move that I want to have in a service that day, then just go with the move, go with mm-hmm. the flow. And mm-hmm. so it's actually made me have to rely even more on the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. than it did when Amen. I was just being spontaneous. Amen. I've heard it said that uh, if you fail to prepare, mm-hmm. you prepare to fail. Exactly. And I've also heard it said that. Uh, Always prepare, but don't always rely on your preparation. There, you, that's good. That's a good word, right there, brother. Yeah, and that'll so, uh, preach all day long. Yeah, but I, what I said about your anointing is is it reaches beyond the pulpit. 
it touches every area of the church. And uh, and when you when, when you have a, a staff meeting, there's an anointing on you. And, mm. and, and I mean, when, when you well, do you. do little things, I've never seen anybody do a wedding quite like you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually done three hundred and twenty seven of them yeah. over the last thirty three years. So, you know, I've kept a record. I didn't keep a record of funerals that I've done, but I kept a record of uh, all the weddings that I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So after a while, you kind of fall into a groove with it. And I yeah. just go with the flow. So. Well, it's been great. You know, I do a couple. Covenant ceremony. It's real mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. You know, you have promises that are made. That's the vows. You have gifts that are given. That's the rings. And then you have a meal that is eaten. That's communion. And so, but I weave, interweave in that because that the only marriages that I do are ones that I've done the premarital counseling for. Mm-hmm. If uh, Unless there's a very, very uh, unusual circumstance, which doesn't happen very often. Um, all of these couples, I've spent you know hours upon hours with them. Right. And so when I go to do the wedding, I know a lot about them. It's not just, you know, do you and yes, I do and do you and yes, right. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I appreciate that. But hey, uh, you had told me the other day you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, diversity. Yes, yes, I want to in ask the church. you how So I want to ask you, is. Pastor Derek, yes, okay? Now I'm the interviewer, mm-hmm. okay. and you are the host. I'm <laughs> the host, and you're the interviewee. Uh, express to me what you think God desires to see in diversity in a church. I think God wants all people together. You know, he, he wants, you know, I really think um, that the ultimate goal is that when you get to one city, you got one church. Wow. You know? When, well, that's when, the way it was when, in the Bible. When you get to one location, everybody's one. Mm-hmm. He said that he prayed, Father, I pray that you would make make us one, even as make them one with me as I am one with you. And, and I think that's what he wants for the church, for us to be a collective body who, who has no schisms, no no boundaries that prevent us from coming together. And And the problem I see that creates those boundaries is bad theology. Mm. Bad theology causes those boundaries because we have not yet come together on what is the true theology and how does it work out in our experience of daily living. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, one of the things that I, I truly believe, I don't ever believe that there's going to be a complete homogenization um, in in any city or in any area. Now, and by what I mean by that is, I, I don't believe that there's going to be just one church of everybody, black, white, red, yellow, young, old, and all of that. Um, I believe there should be a homogenization of the leadership of the churches working together mm-hmm. and encouraging one another mm-hmm. and being able to fellowship with one another. You know, my every Amen. church that Amen. I've ever pastored has been a very culturally, racially diverse church. Uh, we have... I think the last count we had, we had 42 different nationalities at Restoration Place. Uh, we've got people from the Caribbean. We've got people from South Africa, West Africa, mm-hmm. Nigeria. Uh, we've got Germany. I mean, we've got people from all over the world that have ended up and somehow are part of our body there at Restoration Place. That's a very unique group. Uh, and I'm not saying we're better than anybody. It's just different than everybody. Um you know, I used to struggle with the fact, you know, is why is Sunday the most segregated day of the week? You know, you have your your traditional black church, you have your traditional white churches, and then you have your language barrier churches, whether it's Korean, right. whether it's uh, Spanish. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have the fringe churches, uh, which are a homogenization of 
just about everybody in town. It's black, white, red, mm-hmm. yellow. There's yeah. just a, there's just a mm-hmm. very cultural mix. Um, I don't think any of those are wrong. No, I just don't because you know what you need to be able to go to a church to where you feel comfortable. Absolutely, Mm. and but Mm. beyond that comfort, you should not then build a wall around yourself Mm -hmm. and only have fellowship within that wall. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is is separating that denomination, separating that church, that that organization, and then not having anything to do with everybody else right. unless it's your organization. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, we Amen. are the body, and whether we like it or not, we're all going to be one. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to see every church, because that's my heart, that's my passion that God created me for, for every church to be racially mixed, you know, and pretty mm-hmm. much look like whatever the balance of your city is, you know, uh, to have that same demographic in a church that matches the city. Mm-hmm. But over time, I've also come to the place to where I realize a lot of people, it's not about race. It's not really about mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, this was my grandma's church. This yeah. was my great grandma's church. And I'm just comfortable here, you know, and I want my kids and, to be raised. And they feel they have a, a great investment in oh, that church over the years. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I want to see as much diversity as, as is humanly possible. But I think that where we're coming to right now is that the significance of the diversity has got to be that the pastors in this city and in this region need to be able to come together as friends, uh, as compatriots, as peers, and be able to say, you know what, uh, let's let our hearts be knit together. Amen. Because Amen. if our hearts are knit together, then our congregation, whatever's in the head, is going to flow down through the body. Right. And that is a spiritual law that you cannot argue with. Amen. Uh, I think the um, the yearly community prayer breakfast that uh, Pastor Greg, Greg James, James has uh, developed and yes, instituted. And I've been there for the every last year, two, three years. But has I been wasn't a good to go. step forward. But I think there's more that we could do to actually bring us bring our pastors and our congregations together to just celebrate Jesus. You know, I, I know one year we had a Jesus walk and we yeah. had a really good time. I Different that. churches all together and we just marched to the Capitol and declared the name of Jesus. Jesus. You know, and it's just fun to do things like that to get together to to. Uh, wrap our arms around one another. You know, I had an opportunity to go to Israel back in 2001 for my first time, and I plan on going again. I don't know when, but soon. But um, one thing that really blessed me on that trip was we went to the, the different sites and different churches, and everybody was moved by just being in the presence of each other as we adored Jesus and where Amen. he lived, where he was born. And we ended up hugging each other and loving on each other. We couldn't even speak the same language, but we had the same smile, the same joy going on, and it was just wonderful. And one of those things when you're in the garden tomb, and you, you've been there, you know who I'm talking yep. about. You're sitting on different levels and different visitors in different places, and you hear down over yonder there and they're singing uh, a song in another language, language but you know the song because it's how great thou art it's just in German right. you know and it's just blessing your heart as you sit there and have communion with your people and we sat there and we listened to them before we took our communion and began our song it's just it was a marvelous thing and so that unity that the Bible talks about you know how, how, how wonderful it is for, for the brethren to dwell in unity Psalm together yes um, there are some awesome ministers in this community that are doing that. You know, I think of people like Greg, Greg James, number mm-hmm. one, uh, Gerald and Judy Mandrell, mm-hmm. uh, a phenomenal job Amen. that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Lamar Simmons, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor, uh, oh, Lord, dear God, I should never start a name in names because now I'm in my, in my 
advanced age. I'm having a moment. <laughs> well, you're right. There, there are so there, many. There are so many that are out there. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I fellowship with a lot of them on Facebook. Right. You know, and we're, we encourage one another back and forth and on birthdays and anniversaries right, and right. special church mm-hmm. events and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, you know, so I do believe that there is, I do believe that there is a lot of love that is shed abroad between right. the community of the churches mm-hmm. here in Tallahassee. We're a lot better off than, than we were 20 years ago. I can tell you that. I tell people all the time thank god for christian radio and christian uh television because uh through christian television people have had an opportunity to see that things aren't just the way they do it at church but they're they're able to to uh see how things are done in other churches absolutely and i think it has really blessed i mean the the uh the embracing of the full gospel has been a phenomenon that we've seen take place from every denomination. As we've looked around, people are really experiencing a, 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 a outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their lives and embracing that. One of the things, though, Derek, that you did ask me uh, when you asked me to come on the show and talking about the diversity is how do you right. how, how do you attract mm-hmm. uh, how do you have how do you actually get diversity in your church? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that is a must understand is that when people come into your church and they they look up on your platform and if they don't see someone that looks like them then there's no identification Amen. Amen. and more than likely they're Amen. not going to come back you say well what do i do then well right. you know if you if you're an all white church uh, you know pray and ask god to send you some mm-hmm. people you know mm-hmm. uh, african american uh, you know, another culture, you know, mm-hmm. someone that doesn't look like everybody else on the mm-hmm. platform mm-hmm. and I- encourage them then to get involved in right. that, you know, in leadership. It's got to be the right person and the right, right thing. You can't just say, hey, we need some white people on the platform. Right. Or, hey, we need some black people mm-hmm. on the platform. But if it's in your heart, God will send someone there. And that will open a door then to begin to, the more that you begin to increase the vis- visual uh, diversity that you have in your church, mm-hmm. it'll begin to magnify itself in the congregation. So you've got to be willing to take that first step. I remember growing up, uh, it was a real uh, unique experience that at times my dad would go and preach for First Presbyterian downtown right. or, or, or Trinity, uh, Trinity mm-hmm. Methodist downtown. And then we, our choir would go and sing. And then he'd invite, invite them to come to our church. I think those things are, 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 are some of the things Absolutely. that really that's another, also help. Yeah, that's another. Now, one of the reasons that we don't see that as much anymore, uh, especially on a Sunday, is because of the financial needs of the church. Mm. Uh, you know, for some churches, if they were to say, hey, everybody, we're going over to First Baptist this Sunday and, you know, we're going to go over there and they go and their tithe goes with them and, and all of that, it might put that church into a bit of a pressure point mm. financially, mm. not being able to afford losing a whole Sunday, whole Sunday tithe and offering. Mm. But you can absolutely do that like at Sunday nights, you know, or midweek, right, right. you know, or Friday night. Make right. a special mm-hmm. service yep. where you come mm-hmm. together. But yeah, if you want diversity, it's like anything else. If whatever you want, you have to sow and then you will reap. And focus. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so if you yeah. don't, if you're not intentional about right. it, right. that's the word mm-hmm. that we use at Restoration Place. Right. Mm-hmm. We've got to be intentional about everything mm-hmm. that we do. We can't just be haphazard. We have to be intentional. If you're intentional and then you begin to sow into that, then it'll begin to come back and everything will work out. And so that's that's the result of of uh, you see see the results in what you have and what we have at RPT. Uh, 
because we're intentional. You know, I, I think music plays a big role. A big role. <laughs> music huge, plays a big role. I tell you what. Huge. Uh, I was really looking to hear some Ron Canoli. <laughs> because Ron Canoli is what I, I man, the Lord broke the yoke in my life through Ron Canoli songs and, and music yep, and, those and early, walked me through early those tough days. Yeah. Years yeah. and times. Yeah. Amen. Well, we only, we only went, they only went back to the eighties and nineties cause we only had so much time on one service <laughs> yep. to, because we had multiple services on Sunday morning, but so we got to do it again. We got to do it again. They're already <laughs> planning it. We started off in staff meeting yesterday. That was the first thing of discussion we talked about and everyone was in agreement that uh, we're going to absolutely do it again. Pastor Derek, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to come on and be with you. And uh, I just want to tell, I want to pray right now that God's blessing will be over this Faith Street program and over you and Louise and your family. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you so much for Pastor Derek and Louise. Lord, I ask that you'll bless and anoint this radio program to lift the burden and destroy the yoke off of this area. Now, Lord, use my brother to be a tool to bring the lost to Jesus Christ like never before this year. God, anoint him, appoint him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ledford. We are so grateful to have my pastor here with us today. And so um, uh, we ask that you uh, continue in your walk and continue in your journey. Uh, and ho we hope that uh, you glean something wonderful out of this. I know I just had a ball with him here, uh, uh, getting some of the wisdom from him. And so we ask that you keep your keep uh, lifting Pastor Letford and RPT Church up in prayer as you would lift up uh, myself in this radio program. We thank you for being a part of this. Uh, before we go, we just want to thank our sponsors, the Dream Foundation and Mr. Michael Dobson, uh, Dr. Joe Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute, Pastor Avery McKnight and Powerhouse Church of God uh, by Faith, uh, Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Signs, Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse Church of God in Christ, uh, Ms. Gail Milan, uh, Mr. Charlie Elder of uh, Ray Gordon's Break Service, and Pastor Ivy Williams and the Redeemed Church. Uh, I just want to thank uh, all of those, uh, many more people who are supporters and who have supported us over the years. Uh, and we just want to remember uh, our host at the radio uh, station here at 94.1, Mr. Doug Apple, for making us feel right at home. And so we want to thank you for listening, and we want to announce a new time. Uh, our next program will be airing on... On Mondays instead of Tuesdays We're changing it to Mondays And so uh, we will be sending out information on social media And just be aware that we're changing our time to Mondays at 12 noon And so once again we just want to thank you uh, for being with us We want to say uh, uh, join us again next week For On Faith Street with Derek Steele So don't stress, be blessed See you next week you believe my God.